I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast, your favorite podcast on sex. (laughs) And your favorite thing on Tuesdays. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday or Wednesday if you're listening on Thursday or Friday, too. I prefer cunt. Me, too. Okay. Um, Well, that could be done with Thursday, then. What would Thursday be? See you next Thursday. It would still be cunt. Oh, that's true. (laughs) I like that. But we're sticking to Tuesdays, everyone. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, So welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This episode is on penis shame. We're talking all about penis shame from the aesthetics of the penis to the performance of the penis. And there is so much shame out there for the penis, whether you are a penis owner and you've experienced it, or maybe you've shamed a penis. And that's not, you know, that's not what we recommend. Let's be nice to all the genitals. So we're going to talk with uh, Solomon, um, someone who went through the somatica, sex and relationship coaching. Is training. it Solomon or Solomon? I thought he was. It's just like Solomon. oh, you're right. It's Solomon. Yeah, it's the last name of my ex partner. Yeah, remember we <laughs> talked about it. I don't know if it was before or during. <laughs> who I've never said his first name on this podcast. Actually, Uh-oh. okay, there you go. That's fine. They don't know his first name. Okay. Good luck googling him. <laughs> his first name is Bob. Him. Bob. <laughs> um, so anyways, we'll dive into this in a moment. April and I just got back from Costa Rica. We told you that we were in Costa Rica. We were at a retreat. Um, and I'm just going to say this. April's probably like, oh, fuck, Amy, you're going to say this. Uh, <laughs> that we uh, we posted a photo on our Instagram. Go follow us on Instagram, by the way. We posted one of us in our bathing suits in Costa Rica. Um, we actually went there, one, because... God, we need to get away from COVID. We were, but also we went to a healing retreat to um, do a lot of therapy on ourselves, and we really needed it. We, if you see us now, at least I can speak for myself. You look pretty damn good too, Chip. You're also like ready to get on camera for Hot Octopus. Um, I feel more alive and happier and more clear than I have in many months. And I think a lot of it was going out and getting there in nature and doing a lot of that therapy that we did um, together and apart there for a week. And then we got to go to the beach for a little bit. But I essentially feel like we went there or I went there to save my own life. Um, and and I, there were a number of people. We posted a photo of us on our Instagram, our Shameless Sex Instagram. And there were three or four different people that were like, how dare you? White privilege. I understand. I, yes, we are fucking privileged to be able to do that. I am fully, fully aware of that. Um, and, I'm, and I'm grateful that I have the ability to do that. And here's the thing. If I don't go and work on myself, I can't help other people. Like, I can't show up here on this microphone and... And try to share sex positivity with the world. You got to debit 
into your machine that is you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. And and at the same time, yes, I am privileged and I and I and I want to find all the ways that I can share. We also and give haven't back. traveled as much or at all really we since used to every month. Jesus. Right. And and for me it's part of that nourishes my soul. Everything in California has been pretty much especially where we live in Santa Cruz has been shut. I mean, to the extent of we didn't leave our homes for days, months, a lot weeks, of, yeah. months. Mm-hmm. I mean, it felt like years. And Especially in the winter. It's like, oh, my God. When we, we weren't sure if that trip was going to happen and we had to get tested basically to even enter back into the country. So I felt more comfortable. And I'm upfront with anyone that I'm going to come in contact with that I have been in an airplane. Yeah. And I actually feel safer on an airplane these days than I do the grocery store. The grocery store. 100%. Yeah. Me too. There's a yeah. lot more room for air because you're touching so many things. And on the yeah. airplane that you have to wear two masks now. And yeah. they're very cautious. And we, I, I, we carried on our luggage and I, I'm I happy that we did it. I have two doctor friends who are very COVID cautious who also have, have both gone, been traveling. Yeah. Well, and they're not doing regularly, but they're like, this is my fucking sanity because yeah. uh, they need to help people. And so they need to be able to, and, and they are privileged. And so I don't want to discredit that, that we, that we have this, but I guess, you know, it, here's, here's the thing is like, do I just let myself kind of fade away here? And, and yes, I could do therapy here, but that type of therapy that we did there, it, it's not available here. It's just, no. it's just not available here right now. So, and it was uh, nourishing and it was a health and wellness kind yeah. of experience. So yeah. there, it wasn't an all inclusive, get wasted and drunk on the floor until you throw up kind of retreat. It no, was, we can do that at your house. We can do that at my house. <laughs> it was a nourish your body and your soul, meditate and check in and journal and meditation. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's the, the soapbox there. So if you want to follow our Instagram though, we're there. And if you have opinions about that, that's okay. Like we all have different opinions right now. I, I feel like no one knows how to do this the perfect, perfect way. But I know what we can do is try to do it in, you know, in a good way, in a helpful way and, and to try to stay healthy within ourselves and also keep the people around us healthy as much as we possibly can. And um, and that's, I feel like that we, that's, but we did so. And now let's talk about the people that love us. Yeah, we have a testimonial. Me, me, yeah. me, me, me. Oh yeah, I'm reading it. So I was like waiting for you. Um, so this testimonial is based on a podcast episode that we did on threesomes, but we talked about HPV on that. So they said, and I will keep their name anonymous. I wanted to thank you for your comments on herpes and HPV on your recent podcast about threesomes. I contracted genital herpes when I was 20 years old and received nothing but negative or false information from my doctor and society at the time. I thought I was broken and attempted suicide several times until finally settling into a loveless and sexless marriage with an abusive and manipulative woman simply because I believed that I was worthless and would never find anyone better. Now I'm 44 and it's only been within the past few years that I've learned the truth about herpes. That the stigma and shame are much worse than the disease itself. As a result, I've experienced the sexual awakening that I missed out in my youth. I found someone with the same sexual interest and energy as me who just so happens to have been my first love in high school. Mm. And we are like two teenagers exploring and experimenting this new reality together. Thank you for all that you do. Keep up the good work. That's so sweet. I know. I love hearing that. It's it's so 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 sad that people think they're broken. Yeah, no matter are. if it's genital herpes or there's genital warts or you've contracted something Chlamydia, along your sexual journey, and herpes is one of those that can be contracted without actually exchanging fluids. It's a skin to skin thing. So sometimes you can give the good old 
uh, handshake of, of the vulva handshake. But what, two vulvas rubbing on each other? <laughs> or just a hand touching a vulva. Or oh. it, there, it's just, it, there's no, condoms don't protect against herpes. So you can contract it from mouth to, to oh, genitals you, or mouth you mean to like mouth. The hand touches the vulva and then touches the penis. And I, yeah. is, that, is that possible? I don't know. There's all sorts of research oh. that just says oh. it can live outside of the body for a while. It can live on towels. It can live yeah. a lot of different places. So, and no matter what uh, disease. Uh, I know people have had herpes in their armpits. Infections. Yeah. Yeah. In their eyes, in their nose, you can get it in very bizarre places that you wouldn't think it's not even. It likes a, moist places. Yes, it's like moist. I want to live there. Yeah, it's very nice. You get it on your butt cheek. Ooh, like on right on the cheek. Well, and, and so and this, what were the? We don't know the perfect. What they say, like eighty percent of the population has, and that includes oral herpes, like cold sores and things mm-hmm. too. But um, we talked a lot about. We also have that really wonderful episode with Remy, uh, the on STIs, STDs. That's she goes. Who's a, who's a nurse practitioner goes in all about it. And guess what? We have a sex question on something similar, which is yeah, incredible. So thank you for the testimonial, listener. We and love you. If you're anyone else out there feeling as this person did, just know that we love you. We got your back. Yeah. So, sex question. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Three years ago, I, vulva owner, was diagnosed with herpes. No symptoms. I just asked for all of the tests because I had gotten eaten out and fingered. That's all. I told my friends, one of which is now my partner of 2.5 years, and he, a penis owner, has never tested positive. Basically, this sucks because we want to explore outside of our relationship, but the herpes makes it hard. Do I even have herpes? Is this something I actually need to warn other partners about? This is a great question because I think this happens a lot with people. They go get the full panel and they've never had symptoms and they're like, you have herpes. And they're like, what? Yeah, they're carrying around a virus that yeah. hasn't been activated. It's they've just dormant in their system. Never had symptoms. And then yeah. they think there's a, I've, I've actually seen clients that had this and, and all of a sudden they were like, I need to tell every partner. I can never have unprotected sex. No one will ever want me. I've never had symptoms though. And I think this is a perfect question to follow up that testimonial of how common this is. This person who asked this question, you may never have symptoms. Mm-hmm. You may never actually have an outbreak of it because it's a virus that can just hang out dormant in your body. And that's where the tricky part comes in. The tricky piece is sometimes folks can carry herpes and they can give that to other folks even without being knowledgeable of it. Maybe they were having a slight symptom of an outbreak that was happening, that buzzy, tingly feeling. If you've ever had HSV-1 or herpes on your lips, you get this buzzy, tingling feeling. If it's on the genitals, it's similar. Your lymph nodes can get swollen. And what happens is sometimes you're unaware. It's when your immune system can be threatened or weakened, which right now a lot of folks out there have poor immune systems with stress and other viral things that are going on. And so if they're unaware of that, you can transmit it to folks. However, it's so hard to say if you feel that you're in that outbreak uh, that zone of having an outbreak soon, you can get a prescription to Valtrex minimize that. Or right. what is or Valcyclovir. Generic, right. Yeah. The generic or Valtrex. And that can help minimize it. And you shouldn't have contact with other people in that time period if you don't want to expose them. And also, I, I guess the best thing to say is if you test negative for it, which I believe you said... They tested positive. They said they tested positive. They've never had any symptoms. But so, their partner tested, would never negative. test positive. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it just comes down to... Uh, historically, if, if you're conscious about knowing what the symptoms are and you minimize it with uh, arginine, 
uh, less arginine, less more arginine. lysine. And you can Google it to see what that is. I keep a list on my phone because I have oral oral herpes on my on my face hole. <laughs> my face um, hole. That I got 18 making out with someone who said they had a sun blister when I lived in Hawaii. Classic. It was not a sun blister, everyone. I got really sick and within three days. I had a huge cold sore on my lip. And you got, get fevers. It's pretty gnarly. I was super sick. Yeah. I had canker sores all in my mouth, down my throat. It felt like swallowing glass. Ugh. And the doctors in Maui at that time, they, I can say, didn't really help that much. But they did give me some Valtrex, oh, but it was good. too late. Oh, because, no. So here's the thing. When you take that, you need to catch it early. You don't do it when it's like full outbreak. The thing is raging. I mean, you can still do it, but you want to catch it earlier. And that's not what this person is asking. Um, but I totally feel for this this person that you, you've been told, you have something really scary. And here's what I would say for you. Because you, you're saying, do I even have it? Do I need to warn partners? What I would do for future partners, I would say, hey, I tested positive for this thing. It's really common. Like 80% of the population has it. I've never had symptoms. I feel really healthy right now. So I personally am not worried about it, but I want to respect you and what you need. So what do you want to, how do you want to go about this? Right. Um, so I, and I can tell you for, for myself, I don't have genital herpes. I've had two partners that have had genital herpes who told me before we were intimate that they have genital herpes. Um, and they were both very skilled in speaking to it. Here's the last time I had an outbreak. Here's what it felt like to have an outbreak. Here's how I take care of my body. Um, or, or any, one of them was like, I'm feeling really off right now. So maybe we shouldn't have uh, unprotected sex because I don't have, I'm not having an outbreak, but because I'm not feeling that healthy, I might soon. So just so you know, um, this is not a death sentence and I, I, likely most of the people that you're going to share this with probably will still want to have sex with you. And you're right. You are supposed to notify your doctor if you know that you've been exposed to herpes. So if you're a person that is hooking up with someone and they tell you about their exposure to herpes and they, they are, they believe it's dormant. They believe you're not going to be exposed. If you do get a screening afterward, it is good to tell your doctor you've been exposed to that. It's basically, you just have to be mindful of if you're the carrier of having the symptoms. And I think it's something I'm looking at the stats right here. It's if you're a sexually active human, uh, you, your chances of exposure are extremely high. And it's saying that there's only 15% of people that, that carry the, the disease or the in, infection or what it's a virus, the normal state the of normal humanity that uh, won't be able to transmit it, but skin to skin contact. So it's one of those things. If you're a sexually active adult, that's had more than one partner, you likely have been exposed to herpes. So well, and the, what I'll say also as someone who has, I like the virus I have on my good old lips, but all these people are like, Oh, I really want to make a oh, there now. No. Um, I, it's a, it's a gnarly one. It actually was in the, in the middle of my lip and then it started to grow on my chin when it would come in, but it actually, it was better that way. Cause it looked like poison oak instead of herpes. But just so you all know, I got really good at managing it. And when I could, like April said, the tingling, you take, start taking Valtrex, go on a high lysine diet. And I never gave it to any partners that we know of. Maybe if they got tested, they had it, but they never had any symptoms. So again, not a death sentence. Yeah. And I think HSV-1, which is commonly the mouth version, the oral version, is 80 plus percent of adults. And then common. genitals, which usually is HSV-2. However, I have, have HSV-1 on my genitals because I received that a gift, mouth. a gift that keeps on giving. Oh my when God, I was we 17. both got gifts. I got mine at 18. Yeah. High five. So Ooh. I've never had any oral herpes, but I have HSV-1 genitally and 
that is not rare by any means because only 25% of folks have adults, they say, have HSV2. And this is coming direct from harvard.edu. Well, this is Harvard's Harvard since 2019. They don't. But this is 2019 stats. Oh, so yeah. you, and it says if you have more than one partner that you've been with for longer than 20 years, basically, you have, if you, if you have multiple partners, you've been exposed you've to You've probably herpes. been exposed. So there you go. So you're not alone out there. Yeah. And let's not herpes shame. No herpes shame. All right. It's a, it doesn't have a nice ring to it. It does evoke some sort of emotion when you say the word herpes. That's why I like to call it HSV1, HSV2. People will be like, what's that? And you're like... Google it and find out how many people actually have that shit. I got the herbs. I got the herbs. All right. Are All right. you ready for a bio? Yeah, it's bio time. Thank you for both of those questions. I which... like that this whole intro in this episode is about shame, but about like not having shame around with STDs or the look yeah. of your genitals. So that is perfectly in line with shameless sex. You can still have the sex. Sex. All right, so here is the bio. Solomon Ballor is a men's neo-tantra and mindset coach. Solomon weaves his studies of sacred sexuality, psychology, and NLP to bring transformation to the men he coaches. He helps men bring back purpose and possibility into their lives so that they can live the life of their dreams. To learn more, visit ecstaticfreedom.com. E-C-S-T-A-T-I-C freedom.com. But first... You know we're all about seeking pleasure in all areas of your life, from the bedroom to the belly. So why not nourish your body with Saqqara? You get nutritious dishes that nourish you without ever sacrificing taste. Saqqara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. And their chef-crafted, organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful, plant-based ingredients and are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. And they have a new menu every single week, so you'll never get bored. Ooh, along with delicious plant-rich meals, Saqqara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder. Made with organic raw cacao, it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash shameless or enter code shameless at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash shameless to get 20% off of your first order. Sakara.com slash shameless. Stop thinking about it. Go get it now. And it's interview time. All right, everyone, it is interview time. We are here with Solomon talking about penis shame. And, you know, I, let's actually put it in positive. Penises, penis beauty, penis stigma. Penises are glorious cocks. Um, I think that there is a lot of shame just about bits in general, but we're here to uncover some of the myths, the misconceptions, the ideas about size and shape and look and color and texture. Let's talk about the cock. But before we do, tell us how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Excited to be on. How did I get here? Well, my journey was about 17 years ago. I started to take personal growth workshops and they were all about the head and the heart or head and emotion. And so I did that for three years and I was like, what about sex? I want to learn about sex. So I found a Tantra practitioner and pretty much asked her 
just didn't stop asking her questions. It was actually Tantra massage. And I didn't stop asking her questions. And she finally just gave me a whole bunch of teachers. And for the next 17 years, I've been studying Neo-Tantra and uh, discovering for myself about my own sort of sexual orientation. Uh, I love women, been with women, and then just always curious about men. And so wanting to sort of discover myself in all the different realms of sexuality. And so just been taking workshops and seminars and trainings and certifications and you name it, I want to learn and I continue to learn. So that's, so that's where I'm at now is wanting to teach this and sort of share it with others now. And obviously we've, we've talked about, we've done cock mastery podcasts. We've done, uh, things about vulvas and vulva shame and body shame. We've never really talked about penis shame. And I actually, I work with a sex toy company that specializes in toys for penis owners. And I kind of know the answer to this question. And so I want to layer the question into two. So the question is the average size of the penis when we're, I guess, erect. And I think it's 5.9 inches in the U.S. And I think it's like 5.8 in the U.K., but it varies from country to country. Globally, I don't know if it's around five and a half inches. And if people are working in centimeters, sorry, we're on the imperial system (laughs) over here. Uh, We can convert that for you. So uh, if you can give more insight, I only know this because of being like the sex toy industry specializing in penises. I had to Google it and I had a map of penis sizes per country. And I was like, this is really interesting. So the question is, what is the average size penis in speaking in terms of inches, if you want, and uh, in the U.S. specifically, if you know that. And why do you think so many penis owners have shame about the size of their cock? Well, so the average is, yeah, it's around 5.9, 5.8. You know, usually the standard, people just say six instead of the, you know, the sort of like 5.9. Yeah, people are always like six, right? Why is there shame? Well, my, my, my belief is that when people are sort of like coming into the world of sex and learning about sexuality, where do they first find that information? Porn. And what do they see in porn is they see very, very large size penises that are above, they're generally above average in these, move, in these shows, in these uh, pornos. And so they then look at themselves And they're like, well, that's not me. So then there's something wrong with me. And that's, that sort of was, was my sort of like uh, education as well. And sort of like shaming myself of like, well, I can't do what they can do. I can't last that long. I can't do all the things they do. And so we, we generally men generally what they do is they then put themselves down saying, that's not who I am. So there's something, there's definitely something wrong with me and I can't please my partners. Mm. Yeah, I don't fit in that mold that of everything that I see from the size. And so, and I think when, when people, so some people are listening, like, I'm going to get my tape measure right now. And they're yeah. checking it out. And just so you know, like cock actually continues on beyond just, you know, the head of the cock and then the shaft and it goes into your body, but cock continues on into your body. You can feel it actually under the balls too. So there's, there's a lot there. So, you know, with the question also would be like, what are, what are we measuring? What are we talking about? I remember when I became a certified sex educator in 2000, gosh, eight, nine, um, they use this very broad spectrum. They said average is between four and six inches to be very inclusive. 
Um, you know, so the lower end of the spectrum is the four inches hard and the upper end of the spectrum is six inches. And again, speaking in the U.S., but it's different everywhere. Um, and we're talking about length here and we're going to talk more about this, too. We're going to talk about, you know, the girth and size and, and, um, and veins and things. Um, so but let's talk more about the shame that people have. So veins, color, foreskin, and lack thereof. Why do people have shame about these things? Why do they think that they sh- there's something wrong with their cock? They don't want someone to look at it or be close to it. What do you think that's all about? Well, it's either, once again, it's either what they've seen and what they think is normal, quote unquote normal. That's one. The other thing is possibly, and some of the men that I've worked with is when they were younger, Um, or maybe their first sort of iteration with a partner, the partner all of a sudden saw their penis and they went, ah, like they got like, oh my God, what is that? Like, what is that little thing over there? Right. And, and right. (laughs) Whatever, whatever it is. And, um, or what is that sort of bane on the side or what, why is that color like that? Or whatever it was, they made a comment. And so that person now sort of has this idea about that little sort of birthmark on the side or the little vein that's coming that side vein that's coming out or it's a little curb that now they're like oh shit this one person got scared or had a idea about what it needs to look like and now I'm starting to project that idea for the rest of my life mm. and to all the to all the fellas out there your penis is perfect the way it is yeah, <laughs> you're perfect the way you are. Or as Brene Brown says, perfectly imperfect. <laughs> so what do you say? This is like a fingerprint, right? We're all di- so we're different. all different. We're yeah. We're, every every person's genitals is like a fingerprint. So be proud of it. Paint it. Put it on a canvas. Put it up on your wall and be like, that's mine. That that's me. Because no matter what it looks like, no one else looks like you. And I think that's really cool. You may be different, but at least you're not the same. Okay, we're not robots. Nope. That's a new hashtag for Thank you. Goodness. Thank goodness. So when it comes to tools for overcoming shame and embarrassment about penis size, what are some things that folks that do genuinely feel shame? They, they don't want to remove their clothing. They don't want people to see their, their bits. What, so what, what can they do? Yeah, totally. Uh, one of the exercises that I do with the guy, with the men is, or penis owners is I, um, uh, mirror work is a big one. Uh, the other one that I really, really enjoy having them do is I have them uh, stand up uh, in front of a group of men, generally, probably around 10 guys. Um, and they stand up and each person goes up. And the first thing they talk about is they talk about their their sort of mind having a conversation with their body. Like, what is the how do, how do they feel about the body? What are their experiences? Then the body talks to them, expressing their body. Like, what does the body want to express? What do they want? What does the body want to, um, the mind to know? And then the third, which is the most powerful for every single one of these penis owners, is the penis actually talks. You actually allow the penis to speak through what is it that it's sort of holding back? What, what, what has it been struggling with? What are the things that it wants from you? And every, there's not, without fail, every single man either has a tear a scream and anger, some emotion that comes out of that penis that is like, you're not hearing me, or uh, I want you to pay more attention to me or stop, you know, stop uh, having unprotected sex or stop uh, just playing around. Like really so many different things that come out of this conversation. 
when they ha allow themselves to speak through it. And the best part is that they realize that this part of their body is actually wanting them, they, it wants a connection. It wants some sort of relationship with sort of the mind or, the, or them. And so I, from, from that point forward, their homework is basically to um, allow that part of their body, their penis to say, you know, what is it that you need? Like, what are you afraid of? Uh, what are you ashamed of? How can I support you? So that's, that's one of the biggest exercises that really, really supports a lot of guys to move through the shame. I've done that. I've actually, had, I've had conversations with my pussy before. Yeah. And I mean like, Hey girl, I know I've been ignoring you lately, maybe for the past couple of years. I'm sorry years. about those skinny jeans I stuff you in. Oh yeah. I'm sorry about all the tampons I've been stuffing up in you. Yeah. Or about all the times when you've been saying, yeah, that this doesn't really feel that great or I'm not really loving myself and I just bypass you. And and I'm going, and I, I can't, I will not say, and you did somatica, so you know this, so we can't say never, right? I'll never hurt you ever again. We can't say that. But I'll say, I'm going to try my best to, to improve this, to show up for you, honor to you. start to honor you. And I, I see the ways that I've left you behind and have not been listening to you. And so for the folks listening who are like, oh, wooey, oh my, I'm supposed to talk to my cock? Uh, well, we're not, I mean, yes, you can actually have a conversation with a cock, but it can be an internal conversation. It's just like putting energy into a part of your body that's a very big part of you and checking it out and seeing what does it have to say? What is it, you know, like you're saying, what is it afraid of? What does it need? I think is a really, really powerful practice. Um, so, okay, let's, but let's, let's get, let's get really deep in there when about about penis size here because a lot of people say you know that everyone wants a big dick which i don't agree with i know plenty of people who don't want a big dick and uh on also with that too a lot of people say well no it's not about size it's about the motion in the oceans what do you do with it uh, what do you think about penis size and pleasure during penetrative sex how does that apply yeah. So start off by saying it is about the size and not, not what a lot of people think when they say, oh, it's about the size. It is about the size. And what that means for me is that the size of your penis, the penis owner, wherever that they, you want to put that penis in, whether it's a vagina or whether it's a butthole, wherever you want, or mouth, wherever you want to put that, there is a perfectly matching piece to your penis. It's going to fit beautifully. Like there's, I've done, I've done sort of my own experiential studies for my own body and recognizing that uh, some sort of ethnicities and cultures don't feel good to me and some other ethnicities and cultures feel good to me so you all all it is is just you needing to find sort of your match to be able to connect to and fit and have a really really pleasurable experience so that to put that on the side so that's one right recognizing that your size there's something out there that's going to fit perfectly for you right and then there's the sort of getting out outside of the idea that um, oh, I got to be hard or I got to be this. I, all these stories that we make up about how penetrative sex need to look like. 
And once again, sort of the teachings from my own experience is porno. I, I learned from porno that, oh, I got to be hard like that. I got to get ready. I got to go. And, and it's like, no, what about not being erect? It's, it's actually amazing to go inside being not erect. Uh, I've had lots of pleasure and my partners have had lots of pleasure. Uh, what about uh, potentially not even going inside? Uh, what if you're out on the outside exploring and experiencing that? So there's many different ways of exploring sort of the, uh, your, your penis and experiencing it without necessarily all these stories that we think that it needs to look a certain way. I'm, I actually had a listener call me out on saying that I was shaming big cocks because I commented on I had um, I had some intercourse, if you will, some sexy time. Fornicating? Fornicated. I did it. And it, the the human's penis was too large for me. And it was very painful. And, I, and it was on three different occasions I tried and, and it was painful. And I wasn't shame, I wasn't trying to by any means shame big penises out there. I just said for my body, I know the way my vaginal canal is. My gyno has told me I have a shallow vagina. I'm like, well, thank you. I, I, I guess I, I'm not a shallow person, but my vagina is shallow. So I do have a better experience with folks that are a certain size, the average size penis for me to uh, a little bit on the smaller size scale is what fits nicely. Also for anal play, folks with smaller cocks, a lot of times that can be really enjoyable, especially if you're beginning anal play as a, uh, as a bum owner, which all of us hopefully out there have anuses to be penetrated if you want to consensually, of course. So the thing is about there could the the small penis shame could go in two ways. People could also get like John Holmes, his what be big it was shame, like yeah. two, almost two feet long or something. So there could be big cock shame too. People are like, whoa, that's so big, right? And I like that you said it is dependent on the human that you're experiencing, and there might be a, a, the perfect fit out there. And unfortunately, you're not you can't you can't tell that can't be on your Tinder profile. Like here's a picture of my <laughs> vagina. Yeah. I have a shallow <laughs> yeah, vagina. I have a shallow <laughs> vagina. So four inches. What in. do you think yeah. about that? So I guess I just wanted to comment on that because I, I by no means wanted to shame anyone with big cocks, and I think and I've told friends that before where they're like big cocks big cocks big cocks and I'm like you know your vagina is probably just larger and you need a bigger cock to fill that up to help you orgasm and that's beautiful too so I guess my question which there's a question that lies within so for folks out there who believe they have a small penis in particular we could go both directions large or small but let's focus on small because that tends to come up and trigger folks and they're afraid they won't be able to please their partner. What kind of advice would you give those folks, the smaller penis size owners? Yeah, um, I would. I would recommend. I would invite you to first. Okay, the, the first process is to recognizing that your penis is perfect, right? I think that's right. Overcoming that idea that there's something wrong with you, and however you do that, whether through therapy or coach, whatever it is, is recognizing that your body part is a gift. Like this is who you are appreciating it and finding love for it, right? That's the first step. The second thing is finding other ways to, if let, let's just say, for instance, yes, you find a partner that your partner is looking for, you know, you've been together for a while and you're not able to fully sort of satisfy the partner in terms of when it comes to uh, uh, penetration, right? Filling so, them up. Filling them up. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Fill me up, baby. Um, Fill me up. <laughs> So I would, I would invite you to learn sort of, uh, there's so many different ways to pleasure your partner, right? It's, uh, learning how the 
the entire outside of the vagina works, the labia, right? The how to finger, find the G spot, how to play uh, internally with your fingers. Like um, it doesn't necessarily have to be your penis that is required. That's, that's one. Now, if, if it is, if you're very adamant on, well, I, I want to explore and experience it with my partner, with my current penis. Well, there, there, you have to realize that um, penetration is a lot more than just the physical sensation, right? Uh, practice learning uh, the energy, the energetics of sex, right? Because you can, there's been moments where I am with my partner and we're just lying down and I am inside of her and I am not moving. And we both have orgasms, right? So just realize that there's so much out there besides this idea that we have that um, penetration and the physical body movement is what needs to create orgasm. And that's not true, right? There's energetics, there's soft connection, there's slow movements, there's um, the love and intimacy connection that can heighten any, any sexual interaction. So there's so much out there and it's just finding finding and letting go of the ideas of, oh, it needs to look like this. Mm -hmm. It's discovering and being curious about what's possible and what's out there. That so fits with the model of shameless sex right here. Yes. Mic drop, shameless sex headquarters, right? It's figure out, make your own rules and don't play by the standards that you saw in porn or, or that your friend said that they, I did this or I like a cock this size, so you should too. Or you go into a sex shop and you see all the dildos that are seven to nine inches and wait, that's what I should want, right? But everyone is different. And then all the focus on this hard cock or it's all about penetration. And I too have had such power, some of my best orgasms have been when the cock is somewhat soft inside of me and we are not moving just as what you were speaking to and right? from fingers some of my best fingers, orgasms are from fingers yeah and, and but most of it for me is is about energy it's not necessarily about the movement and and I know that skill has something to do with it as well and confidence there's all these different things that come into play and yet we put so much focus on just technique and your body part and that's too much pressure because you're born a certain way that you really can't change that much and technique yes we can learn but then we can be really heady and not every technique works with every person so it's always different so what are, what would you say are some tips for a partner to support or empower their smaller penis owning lover oh oh my god ah this brings up a lot of emotion for me because one of my my ex-partners um she, she really really supported me in recognizing um I had, I, had a, I, had a, I had a big judgment about being soft. And uh, whenever I am in the sexual act, being soft was wrong to me. Like, oh, no, you're, you're intimate, you're connected, you're naked. You got to be hard. You got to be hard. You got to be hard. And um, yeah, she really supported me. And what she did was whenever we were naked and we were starting to get hot and heavy, um, and this came up in our like second or third time sort of being an intimate sexually together. And I told her that I was, I was afraid that I'm not going to get hard around you. And so for the next three or four times after that, we were intimate every time she would literally just look at my penis and be like, hard or soft. I love you. Hmm. Hard or soft. I love you. And I just, the next, those three, three or four times, I would just start sobbing and crying. So 
to those to those partners that have small penis lovers uh, or are, are have partners that have small penises, please uh, just acknowledge the penis, acknowledge your partner for that penis, uh, really look at them and say, uh, I love you however you are, whatever the size is, doesn't like really just keep reaffirming that to your partner and support them to overcome the shame and shadow of that there's something wrong with them. Because that, that is truly what is keeping them from being a better lover for you is that idea that they have that there's something wrong and that they can't please you. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberlube and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone. So whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore. So go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's omgs.com slash shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. I think it's so, so important. I've actually uh, encountered some penises um, and the human that owned the penis where the minute my face would be close to their penis, they would kind of be a little uncomfortable. Um, and I don't, I don't think it was about size with those particular people. It was more about some sort of shame around the look of it or the color or, or you're talking about softness or hardness or all these different things. And so, and, and when I teach workshops, uh, I like to, one of the things I like to do, especially, you know, speak, speaking to going down on a vulva, um, the minute you put your face close to the genitals, a vulva, a cock, whatever, saying, oh my God your vulva is so beautiful or like your, your pussy is so beautiful or your, I love your cock. Your cock is so gorgeous or you know, some, whatever you can say. There's some affirmations. Yeah. Whether, and, and not only when it's hard too, because I think when it's soft will be really helpful as well. And I think we can also apply this to ejaculation as well. You know, if someone 
comes sooner than you wanted them to instead of being like, ah, oh, fuck, you, you are already in instead being like, that's OK. I'm just happy to play with you. There's so many other things we can do. We have fingers, we have mouths and, you know, there's there's other ways that we can engage. And um, because we do know that the brain is so responsible for most of our process, it's like, what, 90 percent or something of our sexual yeah. experience. It's our biggest sex organ. Yeah, it's a big one. It's not the. It's bigger than the. It's dick. Not the penis size. It is the brain, <laughs> which brings us to the big dick question. It's true. So we did touch on it um, for a second, but more on small penises. So what about the other side of the spectrum? Someone is quote unquote and air quotes too big. Do they experience shame? Obviously, I, I I believe yes. But what's your experience with this, and what kind of tips do you have for those folks? Yeah, I have I have heard um, a few men or penis owners uh, that have large penises say they have received some. Uh, it, it's a little, it's different, right? It's a different side, right? They, they haven't received the same sort of judgments or shame. They've received the um, <clears throat> how it hurts or mm-hmm. it's too much or. Um, uh, can you slow, like not too far, don't push too much, don't go too far. Um, so for, for those, for those um, large penis owners, I would recommend really find out before going in the sort of depth of the, of the vulva, like what, like either put your finger in or ask the partner, like, do you know how deep you are? Like, what is your, have you ever been with my size? Like really get clear before uh, partaking in sort of the interaction with the partner. And uh, I would uh, invite you to also sort of just for your own sake, just recognize that, yeah, you are larger than average. So you're not going to, and again, it's funny, it's like you're larger than average. So you're not going to fit many holes. Many holes. We can say that on here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So really just, Again, I, I always go back to the idea of curiosity, right? How, if we were all to be curious mm-hmm. in every single moment with a new person that we're in front of, then it, everything would be different. It's like the minute we we come in front of someone and we're already assuming stories about oh, how the sex is going to be, oh, like this is going to be like this and this is going to be like that, or or like oh, they have such a big penis or they have such a small penis that you know all these stories that we come up with. Instead, like really coming in front of someone and being, hi who are you? What is like, what is your story? Like really coming from a present moment experience of I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to unfold in this moment. I think that that in and of itself will change every single connection that you have with people that you come into contact with. I've, I've also, I think I read something about John Holmes in particular and porn stars that have really huge cocks, they take a lot longer to blood flow. Yeah. To get erect. So that can be a challenge too, for some folks that are quote unquote too big, if they're, they can take longer to get aroused. So I love that you brought in uh, some tips about soft cocks and it is about sort of in a partnership, or even if you're hooking up with someone, the acceptance piece for anyone out there, whether or not the person is big, small, average, Coke can or baseball bat, whatever is happening, that you are patient and releasing any shame, even if it's in your head, just release the judgment because that just the energy like we've talked about is a huge piece of of the puzzle. And to experience pleasure, get into your own body. 
and mash up against that body and learn other places that aren't just the genitals, right? There's other erogenous zones you can tap into. Check out the balls, check out the butt, check out what, what does a prostate do for you? There's so much going There's on so there. Many things. And I think also speaking is if you're like, okay, so say I'm someone that identifies as I have a small cock. So you find someone else that is, so if, you, if you're sleeping with Volvo owners, find someone who has a smaller vulva or a smaller vagina like April right here. Um, or if you're someone who has a bigger cock and you're sleeping with vulva people, someone who has a longer, wider vaginal canal, right? So for some reason, that's not a part of the conversation. It's really that people are just like, we're trying, we're, we're moving beyond that, or that's not really what we talk about. And I don't know if we're trying to be too nice or something. And that's not even a mean thing to say, by the way, we're just talking about alignment, just as we're talking about alignment and relationship in the way we communicate or our interests or things like that. And you know, and it's different for everyone because not everyone cares about having uh, the, the a penis perfectly filling up their their ass or their pussy or whatever orifice they're using it in, right? So um, it's different strokes for different folks. And I did, that pun was intended, by the way. Uh, and we can all figure out what works best for us. But I, I we guess- We the Joe Rogan like- yeah, we, we, well, where's our editor? Editor, <laughs> Jamie. Is this person Jamie? Yeah. Jamie, give me a seltzer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Give me a whiskey. A, a, a LaCroix. Um, give me a Dickens. Yeah, Dickens. Dickens yeah. Cider. <laughs> Dickens Cider. Dickens oh, Cider. But I think, so, so just to sum up what you're saying, a lot of it really is getting clear uh, with yourself, right? It's not just diving in and pretending like I got it all together and I don't have any shame, la, la, la. It's getting clear on what are your stories, having conversations with your body and having conversations with your partners. Uh, and by outing that shame or the uncomfortable things that you might be uh, ha- some, have some embarrassed about, that in itself could burst the bubble, the shame bubble, right? Totally. Oh, my God. Your, yeah. your relationships will completely change. It's crazy. It's crazy just yeah. by, that, but all you do is share yourself and all of a sudden you're like, wait, n- as I say that, now this doesn't feel as scary. Why didn't I do now, this years ago? Now, if you share it with someone though, okay, if you whip your cock out and someone's like, oh, that's it, they, they're not the person for you to have sex with. Like that's not your match right there, right? Because that also, that's not a nice way to approach it, right? But if that's their, that's their response and that's not a personal thing, right? I mean, I guess it is a personal thing, but, but you have the ability to maybe choose to not make it personal because that's on them. That's their bad communication skills slash their desire for something different. And, um, and people make mistakes. We make mistakes in the communication realm as well. And sometimes people shame on accident. Uh, and so if you're a partner and well, you I say something. I think the locker room shame is a real thing. Oh, because yeah. I've, I've had a lot of penis owning friends tell me about some traumatic experience in a locker room when they were 15. You have a small dick. Yeah. You and then, or dick. they're not circumcised or yeah. they're circumcised. Yeah. And they, so, and, and that's a thing too. Or so scar. It, it doesn't always come from opposite genitalia or people that have different types of genitalia. It can come from your experiences in some sort of traumatic childhood or, or adolescent phase where you were shamed and you didn't even realize you were different or you, you needed that. You didn't ever need that, but that, that happened to you. So there's more reasons for partners to lovingly show up and just love the fuck out of your genitals so that you can overcome all of that old stuff, all those stories, whether it's the look, the shape, the size, the smell, the texture, the performance, all of the above. Um, this is, these are opportunities that we, so we can help heal ourselves and, and other people and have better sex. So 
Solomon. Uh, what do you do? You put a D at the end. Yes. I said no. no, no I didn't. No. I didn't mean to. If Solomon. I did. Solomon. Yeah. Uh, Solomon. So yeah. Yeah. I know yes. that you do some work in the field of sexuality, uh, and you probably have a few ways that folks can reach you if they want to work with you. Uh, and I would love for you to share any plugs that you have. So if they want to work with you, how can they find you? How can they work with you? How can they get more of you? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Um, ecstaticfreedom.com is my website. So if they want to find me, they can find me there. Uh, send me uh, email info at ecstaticfreedom.com. And yeah, would love to. I, I work specifically with men and uh, men and couples. And um, yeah, would love to support some men in transforming their lives and their sex lives. So and you don't just do work around the cock, right? It's just about all, anything about sex, intimacy, relationships, et cetera. Any, sex, sex and mindset. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I love sex and... And minds. And minds. And penises <laughs> and, and vulvas and all genitals. And wine. And I... Well, I was getting there. <laughs> she likes to complete my sentences for me. We're not even mowaged. Oh, I was trying to complete your sentence. But oh, you were? Oh, yeah. I, that's why I threw in a different one. Well, thank you. I wanted to just, first of all, say thank you to you, Solomon, for sharing all of your wisdom. And hopefully this will help folks out there either be more supportive in their relationships with their penis owner or in the future, be really supportive. And if you are having any shame, hopefully there can be some work around that and you can release that shame. So thank you for that. And thank you for the beautiful wine that is made in this world. I want to say thank you. And Amy and I, as you probably know, if you've been listening to Shameless Sex at all, you know how much we love Margins wine. Why? Because it's women-owned, women-made. We love penises, but we love wine too. And Megan Bell is an amazing vitna. They call it vitna. Vitna. Dick Insider. No. <laughs> Dick Insider. <laughs> She's, what's her next batch? batch, batch Dick Insider. <laughs> That's not really a thing. It's a joke that Amy and I have been uh, oh playing in on. Maybe it, we'll post something about it. I love drinking the Dick Insider. The, the, the Margins wine is so special because she takes underrepresented varietals of grapes. So ones that you probably haven't heard of that aren't as common. And she takes them from underrepresented regions near Santa Cruz where we live. And she only has two releases a year, y'all. So if you haven't tried Margins wine and you are new to wine or you are an experienced wino like Amy and I, go check out marginswine.com. If you buy three or more bottles and use the code shamelesssex10, you'll save 10%, which is a good deal. And if you buy six or more bottles and use shamelesssex15 as the code, you'll save 15%. All of that info is on our website. And one last invitation, not only to buy and drink some wine. And some dick inside. And some dick inside. <laughs> We're not sponsored by dick inside. But go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. We read every single review. We love you. It helps more people get shame-free information and helps them improve their sexuality and pleasure. So if you haven't done so, do so. Right. Meow. All right, y'all. We are, we'll see you next week for another Dick Inside Off. <laughs> no, for another episode of Shameless Sex. See you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.